I have a great appreciation, just a fantastic appreciation for, you know, what it's like to be a player and how difficult it is. And, and I love the game and I love the players. And, you know, as Stephen Covey famously said, you know, first seek to understand before you seek to be understood. James Sabalski with the newest commissioner of the Canadian Football League. He's the boss. He's the guy, I guess. And because we host the Waggle on CFL.ca, he technically counts as my boss. Uh, Randy Ambrosi, the new commissioner. Congratulations on the position, Randy. Well, thank you very much. It has been a fantastic day, and I'm you know really excited about um, you know the, what the future holds. So tell me this, I've heard a lot of insiders and experts speculate that this is a job you did not need because you've got a tremendous business background. So why take the position if everybody's saying it's a gig you didn't need, but you've ultimately, you've ultimately taken the job with a lot of expectations and uh, a lot of work ahead of you? I, I've had a tremendous journey through my years as a player and my business career. The CFL has always been and will always be near and dear to my heart. And I just felt like this was the perfect time for me to apply, you know, all that I had learned as a player, all that I've learned as an executive and to bring that to the game. Because if uh, you'll sound, forgive me if it sounds dramatic, I, I don't think there's anything more Canadian in Canada than the Canadian Football League. And, I'm, uh, and I believe this game can be bigger, better, stronger, and faster in the years to come. And I thought it was a perfect time to be part of it. How does this, how does this scenario work for, in your case? Does somebody reach out to you and say, hey, would you be interested in this? Or is this you and you see that, hey, there's an opening and you kind of say, well, look, you know what? I feel like I kind of checked the boxes here where I played almost a decade. Um, I worked with the CFL Players Association. And you know what? I feel like I got a pretty good uh, track record in the boardroom here. So I'm going to put my name forward. How, how does that work for you? Well, it's actually Jim Lawson, uh, the, the chairman of the Board of Governors, and I have known each other for some time. And it was kind of a mutual outreach when I had heard that Jeffrey uh, was going to be leaving. Um, you know, Jim and I just kind of reached out to one another and started a discussion that has led to this uh, fantastic day. So tell me this, why are you the guy to lead the Canadian Football League going forward? I think a lot of fans listening right now, we have a lot of players and coaches that listen to this show as well, are all curious. What makes you the guy in your mind? Well, I suppose it's probably more important that I was the guy in the mind of the, uh, of the governors uh, who ultimately made the decision to, to choose me. And, you know, and I'm, I'm deeply humbled by that, um, you know, by the confidence they've shown in me. You know, some of the things that, that we talked about that I, I guess uh, reflect on the, you know, the, the question you've asked, James, is that, you know, number one is they were looking for a person with senior executive CEO um, experience, and I'm, you know, proud to say that I was able to check that box. I've, I've had some significant successes in, in my career uh, as, a, as a senior executive, and they wanted that kind of very pragmatic business experience and the, the discipline of, uh, that goes with it. So I, I think that was number one. The combination of that with my, you know, with my experience in the game and my ability to relate to the game, in a, you know, and, and um, you know, somebody asked earlier, you know, the nuances of, um, of Canadian football, I think I was able to bring that to the, to the table. 
And, uh, and frankly, I think it's all kind of wrapped in the fact that I'm, uh, it was a perfect time in my career. I just finished having a tremendous success um, with the sale of uh, 3MAX to Raymond James. It was one of the most uh, successful transactions in the industry's history, and the timing just couldn't mm-hmm. have been better. And so, you know, a combination of all of those things and, you know, I, my passion for, um, you know, contributing to this game that has been so good to me, I think all of those things came together to, uh, to create this moment. How, how important do you think, because I heard a lot of people over the last few months say, got to get a football guy. You got to get a football guy in the office. You know what? You, you need a guy who played the game or coached the game or at least understands it in that front office. And a, a guy in the boardroom who, who's at the captain of the ship, so to speak, that is a football guy. Um, how important is that, do you think, for you going forward with this league? Well, it's certainly going to help me a lot. You know, number one is I um, I have a great appreciation, a, a, just a fantastic appreciation for, you know, what it's like to be a player and how difficult it is. And and I love the game and I love the players. And, you know, as Stephen Covey famously said, you know, first seek to understand before you seek to be understood. And I think for me, my understanding of the game and the players in their life will be very helpful. I think on the, you know, from the governor's perspective, I speak their language. You know, I've worked on my craft for a very long time now. And as I went through the interview process, I think it became clear that, you know, these are serious, successful business people. And I can relate to them on a very deep level. You know, I, 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 understand how they think about things and then I can combine that with my understanding of the game itself and you know that's that's what we're all counting on to be a formula that will lead us all to a you know bigger stronger better faster Canadian Football League in the in the days months and years to come do you think you can relate to today's player or do you need to relate to today's player at all well, look, I, I think you the game is exactly the same. It's only it's different. These players, um, you know, whether I can relate to them, I'm not sure. Can I respect them? Absolutely. And I've been very happy to say I don't think there is going to be anyone in the history of the game, nor will there be anyone after me that will be more passionate to to be an advocate for the players and how amazing they are. I think that is one of the things that I've set myself as a personal goal is to, is to champion these amazing athletes, world-class athletes, talk about them, uh, be proud of them, and yell from the rooftops that everyone in this country should come and see them play because they're, uh, they're truly spectacular at what they do. Yeah, no question about it. So uh, now what becomes priority number one for you, Randy? Well, it's uh, it's a formula that has served me well over the years in business, and that is I'm going to spend a lot of time with the teams. I'm going to spend time with our sponsors. I'm going to spend time with our business partners, asking a lot of questions. And I have found over the course of my career that um, you know asking a lot of questions, getting to gain a deeper understanding of other people's perspectives, will help me to form. A strategy. So, so you know, a big part of the next number of weeks and probably months will be just be spent with me, sitting with people, at, you know, at the teams. I'd, I'd like to talk to our fans. I plan on visiting our stadiums, every one of them, and spending time, all in service of helping me to get a picture 
of what we can do to, you know, to advance the, the league's, for, you know, uh, success. And then the other part is just the day-to-day job, like just, you know, being available to my team here, making sure that I pay attention to the details and, um, and that I'm contributing to the success of the league on a day-to-day basis. So it's really those two things. And over the course of the next, you know, number of months, uh, what will emerge out of that will be a vision and a strategy that, uh, that I'll be, you know, that I will take to the board and, um, but it takes time. You know, this is one of those things. It's like, um, it's like, uh, you know, a great spaghetti sauce. Uh, you got to take your time and make it slowly because that's ultimately what, um, you know, that's ultimately what, what creates uh, the best product. Go figure that a former offensive lineman brings it back to food here, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, tell, let's 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 figure out. I mean, for a lot of people who I, I think over the last couple of weeks, uh, as news of this surfaced, I think there were some people kind of saying, "All right, who, you know, who is this guy? What's he all about? What's his background?" Um, tell us a bit about you. You know, here on the Waggle Podcast, it's usually an opportunity to find out a little more about the individual, and we have a chance to speak to him as a guest. Uh, you're from you're from Manitoba originally, right? I am. I was born and raised in Winnipeg, and uh, and I've got. Uh, Two of my three brothers, my oldest brother Brad and my youngest brother Tom, live there, and they run our um, our family's business, which is a lighting electrical contracting firm that has been very successful in in Western Canada for for a long, long time. My parents have both passed along, uh, but my brothers and I all grew up in Winnipeg. You know, we were you know I would say the classic Canadian kids. We played every sport we could get our hands on. You know, primarily hockey soccer and then and then football um i went to the university of manitoba i have a bachelor of commerce degree from the u of m and um my wife barb and i we you know we were best friends as uh, you know in high school and we've been married for 31 years we've got three absolutely fantastic daughters that um you know we couldn't be more proud of if we tried and uh, you know the journey from of my career has just taken us to a lot of places we've lived in we lived in Calgary, Edmonton. We've lived in Vancouver. We've now been in Toronto for a long time. I've worked in New York, and my business travels have taken me, you know, all over the world, and and um, you know, learned a lot along the way. I've got a daughter that's uh, studying in England, and two daughters that are, live in London, Ontario. And family dog's name is Gracie. <laughs> uh, eye color. Uh, my eye. Well, you know, I think they're do you great, enjoy long? Do you right enjoy long walks? I, uh, size I think size they, twelve. I think my eyes are red right now. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, long um, walks. Let's go with that. Yeah, long walks and uh, all right. Get, from a music standpoint, what do you listen to? Are you a country music guy? Or you, well, I mean, you were in the you were you played in the mid '80s, mid to late '80s into the early '90s. I mean, that was a good time for hair bands, early rise of hip hop, country music. Uh, what was your what was your forte there? Well, okay, so I, like I would say, I'm number one. I'm a classic rock guy. That's that's first and foremost. But I, my tastes in music are actually quite eclectic. And I'm, you know, I have uh, I have a little opera that I listen to from time to time right. because I that I like it. And you know, I can enjoy a lot of it. But basically, if you boil it down to it, I'm a I'm a classic rock guy. I, Backman Turner Overdrive is if when I start my playlist. 
Backman turner overdrive is number one, and, and then I throw in a little ACDC, um, you know, for, for good measure. Well, you know what? I mean, starting with a little BTO, it's very, very Canadian. A perfect example why you are the new CFL commissioner. And you talked about having an experience of living in Winnipeg, growing up there. Uh, you've worked in Toronto and, and live in, in, in the Toronto area. You spent time in Edmonton. You lived in Vancouver. Having lived in so many CFL markets, do you think that helps you have a better sense of the pulse of the various communities with respect to this game now going forward here in 2017? James, I think it helps. And the fact of the matter is that living in different parts of Canada does give you a feel for the Because it's different, right? And... Like, it's different in every yeah, city. Yeah, it is. It is. And, and I don't think you can under... I don't think you can underestimate the fact that, you know, every city has got its own different thing. But at the end of the day, Canadians have a good heart. And Canadians, um, you know, love to be entertained and Canadians love sport. And, you know, for me, I just want to tap into that psyche. I want to tap into the psyche of, of Canadians who are already proud of Canadian football. I want to tap into the psyche of those who have not yet experienced it and, 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 and introduce it to them as the penultimate piece of Canadian, Canadiana that will help them uh, to enjoy their Canadian experience, because I, I think we were, as I've said all day, we were we were inclusive before inclusive was cool. Like, w this league has always invited people into its tent that might not have found opportunities elsewhere. And uh, we should it's something we should be incredibly proud of. And, and it, it happens to come at a time, James, that I think there's more national pride today in what it means to be a Canadian. And so much of that is because we are inclusive and we're welcoming. And, uh, and I think the Canadian Football League embodies that. And I want to share that message with, um, with Canadians from coast to coast. Having said all that about inclusiveness, which is so reflective of this country at the same time, how important is protecting maybe the import ratio for Canadian players long term? I think the, the answer to that question lies in the fact that we need to build the game of football in Canada at the grassroots. You know, I think what we want to do and, and, I, and I want to uh, contribute to is making sure that our teams have all the talent they can get their hands on. And, you know, one of the things I have reflected on in the last couple of months as I've been talking to Jim Lawson and the, and the governors is I've you know, been kind of looking in my own neighborhood and, you know, we we got to get kids throwing a football around uh, again. You know, we got to get them at the park and that this bring it in campaign, which I love uh, a lot. We want to get kids playing football and enjoying it. And there's so many ways to give them that experience because football is such an amazing team sport. And uh, and if we do that, if we if we build out the number of young Canadians who are playing the game and having fun. We'll, we'll, we'll develop all the talent we need, and we know there's a, 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 a fantastic amount of talent you know, that plays in um, in U.S., and the combination of those two is going to come together for the perfect formula to make sure that each one of our teams has all the talent they need. I'm 42, and uh, you know, not that I want to tell everybody my age, but you know, I'm, I'm kidding. Uh, but I say this in as a 42-year-old, I feel like there's a bunch of my friends that are total NFL snobs and the ones that are older tend to be fans of the CFL and then the fans that are younger or around my age are kind of either indifferent or they're 
fans of something else. So it's it's kind of like 40 plus seems to be the fans of the, the Canadian Football League and then younger, they seem to look elsewhere, whether it's the NBA, whether it's hockey, whether it's baseball or or the National Football League. So I guess, how do you, how do you get the kids back on board? How do you engage them yeah. to get excited about the CFL? James, I, I, I think it's a great question and it is maybe the ultimate question, but I think the answer lies in the fact that one of the observations I've made, not particularly scientific, but, but I think it's a reasonable observation is this, the millennial generation uh, love the, you know, love their stars and, you know, it's what's given rise to this fantastic emergence of basketball. And it wasn't all that long ago. Basketball was a, was not a, an A-League, was not an A-League game, and uh, look at it today, and largely it's been driven off of stars. And, and so, you know, what, what does that teach me? It, it teaches me that we have to do more to, to, to highlight the unbelievable talent that plays on Canadian Football League, league teams today. We've got we to gotta shout from the rooftops, and Randy Ambrosi has elected himself chief cheerleader for these unbelievable players and I think some of it is just getting people to see and understand how phenomenal they are when you're talking about these gigantic men that move as fast as they do and as strong as they are and I think we got to start telling that story um, as often as we can as passionately we can as to as many people as we can and if we do that, I think that they will, that, that people will come to see and appreciate more than they do today, that we've got an amazing amount of star power, like an unbelievable amount of star power in Canadian football that is, um, that people should watch. And, you know, it, it may not be the answer to everything, but I think it's one heck of a good place to start. Um, hey, listen, before we wrap this up, uh, you have one catch in CFL history. Is that right? And, and where was it and when? Well, it was actually my rookie season in 1985. We were playing uh, the BC Lions in Calgary. Joe Barnes had been, uh, Joe Barnes had been uh, wooed to Calgary in, um, in that off season to, to lead us to great success. And, and we happened to be playing against what that then I think was one of the best defensive lines in the history of the game, including uh, Nick Hebler and uh, and James Quick Parker, uh, uh, Rick Klassen was on that defensive line as well. Anyway, like very early in the first quarter, I was playing right tackle for the Stampeders in my rookie season, and I got beat so fast by James Quick Parker. Like literally, I, I mean, I didn't even hand out a I didn't even hand out a bus transfer pass to him as he went by me. And uh, Joe Barnes who was not the athlete uh, that James Parker was, Jay, the, you know, Joe was running for his life, and I'm running parallel to the line of scrimmage, like really not knowing what the heck to do other than to be embarrassed that I got beat that badly, and, uh, and Joe threw me the ball. Well, of course, I was an ineligible receiver, and there was a flag on the play, and, but worse than that, I got into the huddle, and Joe grabbed me by the face mask, and never forget it, grabbed me by the face mask, and he says, listen, kid, your job is to block, not to catch the ball. <laughs> wow, what an inauspicious way to start. And, uh, and uh, yeah, but hey, listen, a catch is a catch. 
Commissioner, I, I appreciate you doing this. I know it's a busy time for you. It's probably been overwhelming. So for everybody listening, I do want to thank you taking the time and sharing your vision and your insight and your story and your journey to ultimately landing here in the commissioner's chair. Uh, all the best. I, I know there's a lot of work ahead, but it's I think it's a great game, and I think everybody listening fully agrees with that. And we wish you nothing but success. And you, as you look to help make this game and this sport even better than where it sits right now here in July of 2017. Congratulations, Commissioner. Thanks again for doing this. Thanks very much, James. Have a great day. CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi joining us here on The Waggle.